Let's do this. Let's talk about talk. So, I have good news and I have bad news. The good news is that anyone can get into podcasting. The bad news is that anyone can get into podcasting. Hmm. Greetings and welcome to Talk About Talk. I'm your communication coach, Dr. Andrea Wojnicki. Please call me Andrea. Whether you're an ambitious executive looking to catapult your career, or maybe you're a podcaster looking to catapult your downloads, either way, as long as you have a strong growth mindset, you're always looking to learn and improve your communication skills, well, then you're in the right place. At Talk About Talk, we focus on communication skills topics like personal branding, listening, confidence, and storytelling. This is the critically important stuff that they don't teach you in school. It's what takes you from a B plus to an A plus in whatever you do. And if you check out the talkabouttalk.com website, you'll find online corporate training, one-on-one coaching with me, online courses, the free weekly communication skills newsletter, and of course, the archive of this bi-weekly podcast. I really hope you'll go to the website and sign up for the free weekly communication skills training newsletter, but you can choose whatever works for you. Welcome to Talk About Talk episode number 80. In this episode, you'll hear my conversation with someone whom I've personally learned so much from. He is my podcasting hero, Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting. Dave's been podcasting since 2005, and he's coached hundreds, no, thousands of podcasters. So of course he has great advice for podcasters, but this stuff is actually relevant for everyone. These learnings can be applied to improve all of our communication in so many contexts. A few months ago, Dave interviewed me for a School of Podcasting episode focused on how podcasters can create a personal brand. That was episode number 765. Yes, you heard me right. Episode number 765 on the School of Podcasting. And I'll leave a link to that episode in the show notes. Today, Dave and I are here in this episode on Talk About Talk to talk about communication skills. Okay, let's get right into this. I'm going to formally introduce Dave to you now, and then we'll get into the interview. As always, you don't have to take notes because I do that for you. I simplify and summarize everything at the end of this episode. And for this episode, I'm going to summarize with three key insights for podcasters specifically, and then three general insights for all of us. And you can always access the episode show notes on the talkabouttalk.com website. So, just keep doing whatever you're doing, driving or walking or housework or whatever. All right, let me introduce Dave. Dave Jackson launched the School of Podcasting in 2005. He's been helping people understand technology for over 20 years as a corporate trainer and a podcast consultant. Dave was inducted into the Podcasting Hall of Fame in 2018, and he's the author of the book, Profit from Your Podcast, Proven Strategies to Turn Listeners into a Livelihood. Over the years, he's launched over 30 different podcasts with over 4 million downloads. Thank you, Dave, so much for joining us here to talk about communication skills and what you've learned from podcasting. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to this. All right, let's start with what you see as the most common mistakes that podcasters make in terms of their communication. So we're talking about the basics here. What do you see novice podcasters doing wrong in terms of their communication? A lot of times it'll be an interview or you'll have, uh, I always call it, you know, three guys in the basement talking about brews or whatever. But the problem is it's the curse of knowledge. 
And this is where Ernie and Bert know a whole bunch about each other. And they're all talking about, remember that thing with the orange Gatorade? And then the other guy's like, <laughs> orange Gatorade. <laughs> and nobody has a clue what you're talking about, but they're having a great time. And I'm like, look, if you want to have fun in the basement, talk to your friend by all means, but just don't look at me and go, why is my show not growing? And I'm like, because nobody knows what you're talking about. I had one last night where I made it two minutes in before I finally said, that's enough. And they said something about like, are you Brazilian? And he said, no, I'm not Brazilian. And they both just broke out laughing. And I, I'm like, I have no idea why that's funny, but they can say, oh dude, the Brazilian thing. Are you kidding me? And I'm like, yeah, see you, you don't realize that there's a whole other group of people out here that don't know about the Brazilian thing. And they just did two minutes of nonstop inside jokes. And I was just like, yeah, that's, that's not going to work. Wow. So I'm thinking that maybe if it was episode hundred and you had a massive following, and right. your audience shared your inside jokes. That might be different, right? Yeah. Yeah, it can be. Realize you're still going to, there's always going to be new people that haven't heard your show. Mm-hmm. And there, you, you kind of have your own little inside jokes. Uh, there's a, a famous radio sports guy that has a whole other lingo with his audience. And that's kind of half the fun. When you first join, you're kind of asking yourself, like, what does he mean by that? And so you're kind of intrigued, like, what? What does he mean? A clone? What's a clone? Wait, I want to be on the inside. You have this weird fear of missing out going on. You know, you still have to have some things that I understand to make me want to get the missing piece of the puzzle. But if if there are just no puzzle pieces, I'm just just, clueless of what's going on. Then, uh, yeah, that's not going to work. Yeah. So one of my pet peeves, you know, when I was, I would say, especially when I used to work in strategic brand management and we, we would be putting forth a brand strategy and it would end up being about the brand instead of being about the consumer. And I, mm. so I'm, I'm thinking about this, what you just said in that context. It's like when podcasters are so myopic, they're thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about their audience, right? right? I see people doing it in meetings. I hear people just like you do talking like that when they're on podcasts. I hear people doing that when they're interviewing other people. Like you're trying to get information from someone, but you're talking about yourself the whole time give me a break. So I am with you. That is one of my pet peeves, but that leads me to my second question. What are your pet peeves when you're listening to podcasts? Well, that's probably the first one is just, you know, I'm, I never, I remember once my background's in teaching. So I find this podcast and it's made for people that teach computers. And I'm like, that is like a glove on my hand. And number one, it was horrible audio quality. And I think I lasted, so it was either seven minutes or 17. I just remember it was an insane amount and the whole time he's just complaining about Bob Seeger. Oh. And I and I just kept listening, thinking, well, surely he's going to quit talking about Bob Seeger and get to the teaching. And I just eventually I just was like, okay, well, that's that's enough of that. And I just got out. So that's that's kind of a, a combo of both of them, not getting to the point and then really bad audio quality. Where, you know, in 2005 when I started people were using this little stick microphone that came with your computer and you could get away with that in 2005, but not now. And people love to record your podcast on a phone and and for the record, you can, it just doesn't sound any good. And they'll put it on speakerphone and they'll put it in the middle and you, and you have four people around a table and it sounds like you're in the Lincoln tunnel recording a podcast. And it's just, I'm like, that's just not going to work. It sounds like exactly what it is. Um, I'm with you on those two, but back to your, your point about getting to the point. I've had this conversation with other people in in several contexts and I've been called out on it 
early in my career, when I was giving a talk, one of my first academic talks, uh, one of the professors stood up in the back of the room after about 10 minutes and yelled, Andrea, what is your point? And I was like, I'm getting there. And she's like, <laughs> now. So, so how quickly in a podcast episode should we be telling the audience what the main point is or what the key learning is or somewhere in the first two minutes, you're either going to get to the point or you're going to tease the point. One of the two, because otherwise, you know, the, the fun little bumper sticker for this is people don't get on a bus unless they know where it's going. Um, and you are really asking them for their most prized possession and that's their time. Yeah. And there's nothing worse than when I listen to 13 minutes of a podcast and realize 13 minutes in, I'm getting nothing here and go, well, there's 13 minutes. I can't get back. Let's move on to the next one. So I I think that's one of the reasons you, you need to. And I I see a lot of times that people forget, like right now, you could probably get away with not even reading my bio because people trust you. Like Andrew's not going to bring on somebody who, who stinks. So when we, I remember once I listened to an episode and the person had just read their LinkedIn page and it was like extremely like, wow, just decorated person. And which isn't horrible, but at the end of it, they said, did I miss anything? And I was like, are you kidding me? That's your first question. So where if I have somebody on with a really long bio, what I like to do is explain why they're on the show. You know, when it comes to getting to the point, uh, I always say exhibit A is Netflix. If you ever watch a TV show on Netflix, at the end, there's a button that says skip credits, which means skip the end. And when you click on that, it goes to the next episode and skips the intro. And I'm right. like, so if you need more proof that people like to get to the point, I give to you exhibit A, Netflix. So Beautiful. I love that analogy. It's totally relevant. I also love your metaphor about you're not going to get on the bus unless you know where it's headed. That yeah. is a very eloquent way of saying, respect your consumer, respect your listener. Yeah, absolutely. If you don't deliver value, if you don't know who your audience is, eventually the people that are tuning in are going to go, I'm not getting anything out of this. And there's only, I don't know, another 2 million podcasts to choose from. I guess I'll check out something else. Very, very well put, Dave. And I have to, I have to confess something to you. I've listened to enough of your School of Podcasting episodes that I actually would have guessed that your answer to the pet peeve question would be when people start by saying, tell me a bit about yourself. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I was going to mess with you and actually say, (laughs) okay, we're here with Dave Jackson. Dave, why don't you tell us about yourself? Well, what I love about that is somebody will, because to me, that just screams, hi, I didn't do my homework and I really don't know who you are, but you have a pulse and you agreed to come on my show. So tell me a little bit about yourself. And at that point I could say, well, I was born in Akron, Ohio. I was a paper boy at the age of 13. My dad's name is John. My, you know, blood, like, whereas if somebody goes, hey, Dave, when did, you, when did you know you wanted to be a podcaster? Okay, number one, now we're leading into a story versus, hey, can you go read your LinkedIn bio to me? So, right, right. Yeah, that's always fun. That would have been fun, though, but, but I. I... <laughs> <laughs> yes, so, I would have laughed. <laughs> so, you know what, though? Recently, I've been on a couple of other podcasts being interviewed by people that are quite professional. And it it always shocks me when they say, why don't you start by telling the audience a little bit about yourself? And I'm like, do they want to hear about my marketing background? Do they want to hear about me as a communication coach? Do they want to hear about my podcast? 
you know, and so I, I try to make it as short as possible so we can get to the meat of it, which, which brings me to another question that I'm curious that I think, to be honest, is relevant beyond the context of podcasting. So it's whether you're conducting an online workshop, whether you're running a meeting, whatever you're doing where there's an audience, I feel like there's some things that you have to get out of the way to really excel, right? So one of them we've talked about, which is we need to tell them what we're going to tell them. Give them the punchline so they know why they're sitting around and listening to us or watching us or participating. Are there other things that you generally try to get out of the way at the beginning because you know it's going to make it a great episode? Well, I try to answer the question, why should we listen to this guy? Because mm -hmm. again, there's so many people to listen to. And this is a hard one to do because you sound like you're really full of yourself. But if you can somehow answer the question, why should, so that's why I always start off podcasting since 2005. I'm your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach. Yeah. And that's a mouthful, Dave Jackson. And the reason I say that is A, how many people can say they've been podcasting since 2005? Yeah. I've won, I've won a couple of awards and I'm in the Hall of Fame. And I was like, well, I guess I should probably say that, you know, it's, it's yeah. one of those things. And I have had people, friends of mine that say, you don't realize you're Dave Jackson. And I go, what does that even mean? And they're yeah. like, oh, just, you know, so I throw that out at the front to kind of say, well, here's why I think you should listen to me kind of thing. The good news is anybody can start a podcast. The bad news is anybody can start a podcast. So you kind Absolutely. of have to answer that question a little bit. So. Yeah. So, you know, Dave, I think you're a natural marketer, although you haven't doing it since 2005. So it's only right. taken you 16 years. That's it. I'm a fast learner. No, but what I was going to say is you're establishing the reason why, which is in a brand positioning statement, is yeah. your consumer benefit. And then you're providing the evidence. So why, why am I listening to Dave about this? Or why am I listening to Andrea about this? So yeah. I absolutely agree. So you've been doing this since 2005. How would you describe your evolution in terms of your personal communication skills, not just what you've seen other people doing? Well, it's it's funny. I just recently listened to my very first podcast, so I could just cringe all over again uh, because I just recently just went over 16 years. And I started off, my very first thing out of my mouth was, hey, everybody. And I was like, well, if I was coaching myself, it'd be like, nope, if you're doing a solo show, talk to one person. Don't talk to everybody because uh. there's nobody else in the car, typically. So uh, that's one. I edit myself now where... Back then, it's, oh, I, I'm telling you, so cringeworthy. And I'm just, um, 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 over and over and over. And I was like, ugh. The, I used to just riff off the top of my head. I had my little mental bullet points. And I'm not reading it. I, I To me, that just doesn't work for me. A lot of times I will come up still with one more thing, but now I'm doing it as I'm recording it because it's really the second time I'm going through it. So ah. that's probably the biggest thing that's changed. And the other thing was when I first started, because everybody and their brother found some study that said the average commute in America is 20 minutes. So we all agreed that every podcast should be 20 minutes. And I went to my first event and it was interesting because I met people that actually listened to my show and I would say, oh, great. Thank you so much for listening. And I'm like, what can I do to, to make it better? And I had three people say, oh, that's easy. It needs to be longer. Like I have a longer commute. Wow. And, I was, and I was like, that's a lot of Dave. Are you sure? And they're like, yep. So I'm not diehard on the length. I kind of like, here's what I'm going to talk about. And I talk about it and I look up, all right, 37 minutes. That's good. And then the next week it'll be 28. On occasion, I know I'll let people know, say, hey, we're going to go long today because I got a lot to talk about on this one, but I've never really had anybody say, well, 
quit making them so long or quit making them so short. So I kind of gauge how I do what I do based on feedback. So I, so to your point about the length of them, I think I've heard you say in a few of your episodes that you get asked this question all the time. And your general answer is to keep it as short as possible so that every minute is as rich as possible for, again, for the audience, right? Absolutely. I, uh, I did an episode once on interviews because I get asked about interviews all the time. So I said it, it was about how to be interviewed. Well, first it was about how to conduct an interview, how to find guests, and then how to be interviewed. And so it ended up being, I think, an hour and 10 minutes, which I think is my longest one ever. And I didn't have anybody complain. In fact, I had somebody say, that was such a good episode. I had to pull over and take notes. So uh, Valerie Valerie Geller has a book called Beyond Powerful Radio. And I love her her quote. And that is, there is no such thing as too long, only too boring. Mm, So I, I always try to make it as short as I can. Again, I don't want people fast forwarding through stuff because uh, it's, it's one of the things where people go, well, there's always a fast forward button. I'm like, well, if it's not like, if they don't need it, they can fast forward. Then why is it in the podcast in the first place? So I had absolutely. a, absolutely. I think a lot of people get sloppy too, right? They, oh, they, they're not sloppy, lazy. They're being yeah. lazy and not editing in it. Yeah. When I, when I hear somebody say, I'm going to keep it real, I'm not going to edit. I'm like, so let me get this straight. There are, <laughs> yeah. There are movie editors, there are TV editors, there's magazine editors, magazine editors, Yeah. but everything out of your mouth is just gold. And I was like, I have a weird rule and, and it's just a, a, a weird thing that I do. If I do an interview, I am going to remove one question. I don't know which one it is, but I'm going to listen. And eventually I'll be like, you know what? That's the one that either doesn't deliver any value or it delivers the least amount, or maybe I went on a tangent or something like that. And I just, to me, I then say, okay, well, what's left is, is the good stuff. I think that is gold, Dave. I really think that's gold. I'm I'm trying to, I'm trying to do that myself, even with my newsletter, because I know that my newsletter can tend to be a little bit wordy. And so now I'm writing it out and then I pull a section and I'm like, save that for another newsletter. Yeah, I, I just try to keep them short is to the point and anything that's really weird, I throw at the very end. I, I started putting bloopers at the end of my show. I guess I'm not afraid to experiment at times. And so I put some bloopers at the end and I had so many people and they said, I'm so glad you did that. And I go, why? They said, I just thought you were perfect. And I was like, oh, are you kidding me? I'm like, no, <laughs> awesome. far from it. So. That's awesome. It's fun too. It's really fun. So as you're going through this list of things, other than going back to edit what you've recorded, I'm thinking that all of these things you're talking about, so not typing out your whole script and not winging it, but having the bullet points and talking to one person as opposed to you guys or you all. I think these communication insights or tactics are really relevant beyond podcasting. And I'm imagining you now up on stage at PodFest or, you know, some big conference and you're giving a speech how is it different or the same when you're on stage? On stage, I, I miss being on stage with our good friend COVID. And I used to, to be a teacher. So I had a classroom and I like to make people react in one way or another, whether it's, I love to make people laugh. So if I can make them laugh, that's kind of fun. So just the, the smile or the, the face of, did he just say that? Or whatever it is, is fun. And the fact that, you just, it's like adding another, it's the difference between reading a book and hearing a book, right? I, now I still have tone of voice and I can, I can do, 
a dramatic pause if I want to, but now I can wave my arms and I can do all sorts of stuff and, you know, just ways to keep their attention. Uh, I remember once I was at a podcast movement and they have these, it looks like somebody just tied a bunch of tables together to make a stage. And I was explaining about how you are the goalie. And if somebody tries, you know, to give you content for your audience, it's your goal to, to jump up and swat and say, not in my house. And I jumped up on the stage and I'm not a small guy, but I'm not a huge guy, but it made a big old sound and the stage about crumbled. And I was like, okay, note to self, next time you might want to, you know, do a quick once over on the stage. So, do a rehearsal, do a rehearsal. Yeah, yes, yes. But on the other hand, it got everybody's attention which you need to, because as you're doing something on stage, my whole goal is I don't want to see people looking at their phone. Uh, That's, you know, it's hard not to. I walk around and I point at people and I'm just, for me, the worst is when I walk in and they go, okay, you'll be talking there and there's the podium. And I'm like, oh, great. Is there a wireless microphone? They're like, no, but there's a mic at the podium. And I'm like, so I have to stand at the podium. And they're like, yeah. And it's just like, no, I'm melting. I can't take it. Oh, so. wow. So do you ever feel nervous? Yes. It's what's, what's really funny about it. I mean, again, I, I've, I used to teach classes every day and it was, you know, to 20 people or whatever. You can actually time your watch by this. Now, five minutes before I go on, mm -hmm. all the blood will leave my hands. <laughs> they get super cold and yet they sweat. It's a really weird phenomena. And when that happens, I just go, oh, Yep. I got about five minutes and it's, I'm perfectly fine with it, but I'm like, I'm, this is where I get nervous. But the minute they say, please welcome to the stage, Dave Jackson. Then I hear this little voice in my head that just, it's David Lee Roth from one of his solo albums. And he goes, it's showtime. And off I go. Beautiful. Beautiful. You know, in, the, in one of my most downloaded, most popular episodes, we talk about communicating with confidence and especially mm when you're working your way up, you're mentally preparing for a big event and going out on stage. And I talk about pirating or borrowing someone else's confidence. So I choose Madonna, you choose David Lee Roth. <laughs> uh, and that kind of goes back to my earliest days of, of really being just, I got fired because I was so shy when I was a, a 15 year old grocery bagger. And my, I had a high school student or a high school teacher say, uh, he goes, you need to be more like your friend, Scott. And my oh. friend, Scott was like monkey hour. He was just the ultimate extrovert. And I was, he might as well said, you know, grow a third arm. And uh, I said, well, he goes here, here's what you got to do. And I said, okay. He goes, just act like you're outgoing. And, and I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, if you act the way you want to be, someday you will be the way you act, which is basically fake it till you make it. Yeah, so exactly. I, so I just started acting like I was outgoing and eventually got used to it. Oh, I'm so glad I asked you that question. That was amazing. Uh, okay, so I want to move on to some specific communication skills topics and just get your perspective on how to do these things, I guess, specifically in a podcast episode and then maybe in general, if you have any other insights sure. for other contexts. So the first one is asking questions. What makes for a great question? I think anything that requires thought and it's on one hand, you don't want to blindside people because then you have to rely on their skill to improv. And that usually just falls flat on its face. I just watched, it's funny you asked this. I just watched, there's a, a YouTube channel where this guy interviews celebrities while they're eating wings. And the more <laughs> wings they eat, it's called hot ones. The more they eat, the hotter they get. Uh -huh. and, he's, and he's interviewing John Mayer. 
and he's really getting into the songwriting. The guy asked really good questions. It's just weird that every time John eats one, he's like, okay, this, this one tastes like a tire on fire now and going on. But he asked him, he goes, is there any musician on that's, that's famous, some sort of pop star that doesn't get the respect they deserve for their songwriting capabilities? And even John Mayer said, he goes, wow, that's a good question. And he goes, and because the person is so good, give me a second, because I got to think about this one. And you can always Uh, edit out that awkward pause. So I think that's part of it. Uh, Eric Newsom wrote a book. He's a guy from NPR. He's been in radio forever. Uh, He has a book called Make Noise. And he said, when when you're interviewing somebody, try to think of what's the one thing that only this person can answer. So when I interviewed him, I asked him, I'm like, how do you get a job in NPR? Because he's the only person I've ever known that's been on NPR. I think that's part of it. I think good questions are, you know, something that makes people think. And the other one I think that helps and I appreciate is when somebody doesn't ask me the same old, and I don't mind answering this question, but when somebody goes, what was it like in 2005 in podcasting? I always want to go like, why are you at, who cares? It's a history lesson. And then anytime I'm looking for a follow-up question, I write it down. I'm like, oh, I wanted to go deeper into this. So that's well, that's a great that's a great strategy. I like that. Yeah. So Dave, what's the one question that only you can answer? <sighs> that's now a good question. <laughs> See, that's a good question. Really, I was listening to you. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I can answer what was it like podcasting in 2005. Maybe that's why people ask that. But it, uh, mm. to me, I'm like, what value does that give? to your audience. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a history lesson, but um, hmm. what's it like to Ooh, work at I, I feel like this is, this is not a question that I had thought of, honestly, but you have personally experienced, but then you've also been exposed to so many podcasts as you're coaching other people. Mm-hmm. Is there like a secret sauce, like a thing, a strategy, a philosophy that the successful podcasts all do and the ones that fail don't there's there's a certain uh characteristic maybe or an attitude and when i see somebody that their primary goal is not downloads it's not money it's not fame it's not fortune i want to serve my audience Mm -hmm. when i'm like they're they're again almost on a mission again that's when i look at that and go that person's probably gonna something's going to happen. Watch that person because they're not worried about it. They're like, no, I just want, there's, there's this thing and people need to know this. And I love talking about this. And I just, I'm like, all right, there you go. It's not like, Hey, when the opposite of that is when somebody says, so like, what's the topic I should talk about that would make the most money quickly. And you're just like, you don't need to start a podcast. You're just going to waste your time. So when I see somebody that uh, Lee Silverstein comes to, to mind. Uh, Lee started off a show called um, uh, the Colon Cancer Podcast because Lee has had stage four, stage four colon cancer for going on 10 years now. Like Lee's mm-hmm. supposed to be dead. And, uh, you know, when his doctor told him you have cancer, he thought he had a, a death sentence and he just decided he didn't want to die and researched it. And, you know, he's, he's had a couple of relapses and things like that, but he's still here. And I love the guy. And he rebranded it to, we have cancer. Cause he realized that when you have cancer, guess what? So does your family. And he just said, I want to make the podcast that I needed when I heard the phrase, you have cancer. Wow. And so oh. he, over the years, he's just kind of, and it's just 
gangbusters. My favorite thing is he reached out to a, a somewhat large cancer organization. It was like, hey, I'm starting this thing. It's cancer. Would you like to partner with me? And they're like, podcast, schmodcast, what, huh? And then he started it and it just kind of grew and grew and grew to where everybody's like, hey, have you heard about Lee Silverstein? And they kind of went back and knocked on his door and like, hi, Lee, remember us? <laughs> so nice. I think that had to be such a great, I don't know, just a great feeling to have somebody that kind of blew you off, come back and go, hey, can we play with your podcast now? So That's but, an awesome story. I, I love your answer to that question, which by the way, goes back to the very first point that you made, serving your audience. That's it. It's, all about serving your audience. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah, it, okay. it really and the in the clearer picture you have of your audience, the better the content. The better the content, the more they're going to tell their friends. The more they tell their friends, the bigger your audience. It just it snowballs, but it really starts with knowing your audience and then giving them what they want. Brilliant. Okay. So for my audience, I've I've heard that they love it when I create frameworks and lists for them. And so one of the things that I've done is I've, based on all of the research and interviews and experience and reading that I've done about communication skills is I came up with three communication skills that I call the communication superpowers. Okay. Listening, confidence, and storytelling. Mm. What do you yes. think about, what do you think about that list? I think it's awesome. That's really, that's exactly. Cause when you, talk to anybody about interviewing, the key to a good interview is, yes, it, it helps to do research and know who you're talking to and what's the one thing I can ask them. But the biggest one is to just listen. I usually have a, a list of, let's say, five questions, and it's on the left-hand side of my desk. And in front of me is another uh, blank slab of paper with a pen that doesn't click. And I'm sitting there and I'm just listening because somebody will say something about uh, you know, I remember this time and I, it was great because I went gangbusters in Iowa and I just write down Iowa because I want to go back to whatever happened that made it go gangbusters. But in the meantime, I got to continue listening. And what happens is if you sit there and you're, you're telling yourself, okay, Iowa. And meanwhile, the person is still talking and then you go, oh, wait, there's another thing, Iowa and, you know, the Mustang. Okay. Iowa Mustang. And you're like, wait, and now you can't listen anymore. And so they get done and they've just, explained how they shot someone for snoring and you go, great question number two, and you've yeah. completely missed it. So if you can write these down, just a word, you don't need to write down the question. Cause again, then you can go back to that. I always tell people, if you're starting out, if you're doing a podcast, do one of two things, interview your parents, if they're around and you'll thank me someday. And if mm. they're not around and you have them interview your kids. Mm. And, and really the reason for that is when you're interviewing, it's weird. You're listening as you're trying to figure out what's the next I'm going to ask. Is there a fault? There's just a lot going on in your head. So that's listening is, is huge. The second one was confidence. Confidence. Right? Yeah. Confidence is tough because there's no pill. Okay. If you just do this thing, you'll be confident besides practice. We all have imposter syndrome. We always are th sitting there thinking, why is anybody listening to me? Like, who, who am I to say this stuff? Yeah. Well, first of all, people don't like to sell. They, always, they get a little squirrely. And when it comes to promote themselves, you've just given value to somebody. Like right now, somebody has had value. Why? Because they're still here. Yeah. So they're still listening. And, but yet somebody go, well, if, if you kind of don't mind, if you think yeah. about like, if you want to yeah. share the show with somebody, maybe, or I don't know if you yeah. want to no, if you just say, Hey, thank you so much 
for listening. I, you're still here. So thank you so much. So mm-hmm. if you're on a phone right now, there's a share button somewhere on your phone. There's a share button. And if you know somebody that would appreciate this, could you do me a favor and just share this with one person? And um, when you slow down and do that, it's it's so much different than, hey, can you do me a favor? My website is and you say it at warp speed so nobody can hear it. You know, it's just a, you know, so there, see, I'm laughing because I just said, you know, yeah. uh, it's my buzz phrase. So so I, that, I love your point about graciously thanking people, though. You know, I've been teaching, I, I have three teenagers and yeah. I've been trying to teach them to someone compliments you on something. You quickly and graciously thank them and then you move on. Right. And you don't dismiss it. Just that's hard. Great. Yeah. And I remember one of the first reviews that I got on Apple podcasts mm. The person said, I love at the end how Andrea thanked us for listening so graciously. And I was like, wow. So it really makes a difference. And it it takes practice. That's something I'm still horrible at. When I was married, my ex-wife said, you don't take compliments very well. And I'm like, I just, yeah. she's like, well, why don't you just say thank you so much? She goes, you're kind of dismissing them by not accepting the compliment. Oh, somebody would say, you know, Dave, you're pretty funny. And I go, ah, looks aren't everything. Oh, yeah. And she's funny. <laughs> Yeah. And so again, I get a chance to make a laugh and she's like, I understand you're trying to, you know, it's a funny joke. She's like, but have you ever thought of just saying thank you? I I guess. So it takes, it's a skill. And then the third one was storytelling. Storytelling. I know you're big on storytelling. Love story. I've been, this year, I just happened to start it on the the first week. I've started with a two minute or less story about me, something I'm doing or whatever, and how it's then going to connect with whatever the topic is. So I shared a story about how I have two McDonald's in my neighborhood and I go to the one because it's a better experience. And the other one, they never smile at me. I have to wait longer, blah, blah, blah. But the other one is actually farther away. I drive farther for a better experience. And I was like, so if you can give a better experience, you know, people might actually go there. And so I've had people, when I get them kind of one-on-one, like, hey, I kind of like that thing you're doing with the story at the beginning. And I just... Saturday Night Live has kind of a cold open, if you think about it. Yeah. And I just thought the whole point is to get them sucked in so that when the show comes on, it's too late to hit skip or next show or whatever. So yeah, that's, uh, I did an experiment actually with some corporate workshops that I was doing, online workshops, where uh-huh. with the same audience, a slightly different topic, but I did one workshop where I kicked it off with a story, just a short story, but that illustrated the point why we're here. And then another workshop where I didn't do that and the difference between the two and nobody in the second workshop said, I didn't like it because she didn't tell a story, but, but the participants in the first workshop did say she's a great storyteller. Yeah. I know it makes a huge difference. Well, and if you can use, if you need to make a point, if you can make that point with some sort of story about you now, when you deliver a podcast on a regular basis. Well, now you are seen as trustworthy. And if you're delivering value, well, then they probably like you because you're making them smarter, you're making them laugh or whatever it is. And then if you kind of share a little bit about yourself, they kind of feel like they know you. So there's there's the whole know, like, and trust thing. So that in the event you are using this to promote a business or a product and you say, hey, I've got a new book out, they're going to like, I like her. She's great. I'm going to buy her book. Yeah. So before we move on to the five rapid fire questions, I just want to ask you, this is kind of a big question, but I'm really curious. Do you have any stories about mind-blowing transformations of podcasters where you actually witnessed someone who was horrific and then they adopted certain strategies and now they're rocking it? 
I wouldn't say he was horrific. He just reeked of, I'm nervous. He just, you know, he kind of needed, and, and this isn't a bad thing, but he needed kind of his hand held along the way. He was always like, I just want to make sure I'm not messing up. I might, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and his name was Lance. And so we got him up and going and, you know, he was kind of getting that. And he, uh, I hadn't heard from him for probably about a year. And he came back and said, hey, there's some new technology coming out. I need your opinion. Let's set up a, a consulting call. And he's like, great. And I said, do you want me to listen to an episode and kind of see what's going on? And he goes, oh, that would be great. And I hit play. And it was, again, what did I hear? Confidence. Wow. Was much more comfortable behind the mic. He just, it just flowed where before it was kind of timid. And this was confidence. And it just showed. And I was trying to think like, well, what's he doing differently? Or how did this happen or whatever? And it was just a matter of, you know, repetition, just yeah. doing it and finding out that, you know, I always kind of joke that nobody's going to punch you in the face and, <laughs> and nobody had punched him in the face. And he actually had people that were, you know, emailing him and saying, that was great. I love that. And he was helping people. And he kind of, all of a sudden you go from, well, who would listen to me? So you're worried that you're not going to have any audience. And then all of a sudden this thing happens and people start listening to you and that then makes you freak out. You're like, well, but, but now people are listening to me. So I have to be careful with what I say, or I'm not, you know, you, you think about this. Now you're worried about the audience. You know, there's an audience of listening to me and he just kind of felt natural now behind the mic. And he knew what he was talking about. Cause I told him he, he was an expert in the field. It was all about um, home health care okay. and uh, taking care of, you know, aging parents and things like that. And this is a guy that's been in that business forever. And I'm like, you're an expert, you know, and he's like, well, yeah, but there are other people. I'm like, there's always going to be other people. Right. But one of the things when I was a teacher, you don't have to be the expert. You just have to know more than your students. Oh. And, you know, so uh, so that was, that was one that I was like, when I, I just remember hit play and I was like, is this the same guy? Amazing. Just, just the confidence that just oozed out of the speakers. That must've been very satisfying for you too, as, as a coach and a teacher. It yeah. was cause you know, he did all the hard work, but there's a little bit of my thumbprint on that. Yeah. Amazing. So that's always kind of fun. So do you have any general advice that maybe one thing that you would share in terms of what podcasters should focus on in terms of their communication? Yeah, I, I'll, it's two, but it's really one. It's it's my bumper sticker act, uh, answer, and that is spend $100 on a microphone and spend 100 hours researching your audience. Um, and and you can do all sorts of cool stuff. My One of my favorites is I will type in whatever the subject is on Amazon, and I'll look for two and four-star reviews. Because two would be like, this was pretty awful, except they did do this. So now you're letting you know. And four is like, well, I would have given it five, but they didn't talk about this. So these are people that are probably going to be vocal, where one is like, oh, this was awful. And five was like, best thing ever. Well, that's not very helpful. So there are all sorts of tips and you know tricks that you can do, even if you don't have an audience, to figure out who is my audience and what's going to make them go, wow, that was a really good podcast. So really know your audience. And then from there, it's just, you have to figure out why am I doing this? Here's who I'm talking to. What can I talk about that's going to hold their attention and get them to do whatever the heck my why is. Respecting your audience. That yeah. has been a theme throughout this entire conversation. Amazing. Okay. Are you ready for the five rapid fire questions? I'm horrible at rapid fire, but I will try. <laughs> okay. Question number one, what are your pet peeves? Plastic bags. Oh. And this this is because of my days as a grocery bagger. 
when it was, I went, it used to be paper. That's all we had. That was paper and plastic. And I used to pack bags that were probably 10 to maybe 15 pounds because paper could do it. And now I go to Walmart and they will double bag my bread. And I'm like, what? Are, and then you get home <laughs> and you, you can't throw them away. And so you're stuck with all these plastic bags until you get them someplace that will recycle them. So I, to me, I hate my, well, just the whole grocery food thing because you have to do it. It's either, you know, you, you buy them, then you have to put them away, then you take them out, then you cook them, then you throw them. It's just a whole thing. And in the process of all that, you're stepping over the plastic bags. So that's, uh, that's one that I just go, plastic bags, you know, so. This is a side of you that I, I had the, the whole other... environmentalist Dave. Okay, question number two. What type of learner are you? Uh, can we do all of the above? I, I used to be very visual. Right? I, I love to read. And then when audiobooks came along, uh, I love those. But I also, I realized my, my, one of my superpowers used to be, give me a manual and some software and I'll know it in a day. Because huh. once I, I, I would read it, but then when you really start messing around with software, that's really where the rubber hits the road. Yeah. And then eventually I just quit, like, I don't need the book. Just give me the software and I'll start clicking on menus and figuring out what it does. So I think I'm a little bit of everything, but I know I now, if somebody said, would you like this on a Kindle, a physical book? And I'm like, do you have an audio book? Because audio books I can put on, you know, 1.5 speed and listen while I'm walking around the the block and and so I can multitask now where I can't walk around the block and and even even on a Kindle. Yeah. Although I love I love Kindle books because I can highlight them, but uh, so I I don't know that I have a primary. I think I I kind of do all of the above. So it's fascinating to me that podcasters don't all just answer this question with I'm auditory, but like honestly I'm visual and here I am podcasting. So. It's interesting, isn't it? Okay, question number three, introvert or extrovert? Primarily introvert. But once I get to know you, you can't shut me up. Got it. It's very weird. Question number four, communication preference for personal conversations. This might be because I'm in my 50s, but I still love the phone. And it goes back to communication. Yes, I can type LOL, but it would be much better if I could actually hear you laugh. Yeah. Now I've got tone of voice. So I love the phone. Again, you know, that's I, auditory. It is auditory. Because I'm sitting there thinking, like, why don't I do FaceTime? And I'm like, ah, because all my friends are old and they can't figure it out. But <laughs> that's, funny. that's funny. Okay, this last rapid fire question. I'm actually yeah. really, really curious to hear your answer to. Okay. Is there a podcast that you find yourself recommending the most lately? Mm, probably the one I recommend the most because I talk about his book. I talked about it earlier is uh, Matthew Dix has a book called Speak Up Storytelling. But there is another person that I love that guy to death. Get to the point. He has a lot of mm, at the beginning of his show that I'm like, I really just wanted to hear you critique a story. But on the other hand, he's sharing stuff about his family. And I feel like I know his kids and things like that. So that's probably nice. one I recommend. I hear you recommending the book a lot on your yeah. uh, school of podcasting, but I haven't heard you recommending the podcast. So I'll definitely give that a listen. Thank you so much, Dave. It was great to ask you some questions that I think I've been wondering since I started listening to you. And I also want to thank you, not just for sharing your time and your advice here, but also for sh so generously sharing your advice every week with podcasters. I can tell you, I have listened to most of your School of Podcasting episodes and I found it incredibly helpful and I really appreciate it. And I thank you. Well, thanks for listening. I really mm -hmm. appreciate that. Thanks. What a great conversation. 
Doesn't Dave have a fantastic voice? And he definitely practices what he preaches. All that stuff he encourages in his podcast and all the stuff he coaches his clients to do, he's doing it too. And you can tell he loves this podcasting gig. Did you hear his answer to my question about what's the secret sauce? What's that thing that sets apart successful podcasters? He said, there's a certain characteristic or an attitude. And when I see somebody, their primary goal isn't downloads. It's not money. It's not fame. It's not fortune. It's more like, I want to serve my audience. Well, that person's probably going to go far. Something's going to happen. Watch that person. Well, Dave, that's probably true. It also sounds a lot like you. But perhaps what's most impressive is that Dave keeps it fresh, even after 16 years. Did you catch what he said when he was talking about adding bloopers at the end of his episodes? He said, I guess I'm not afraid to experiment. So, whether you're considering starting a podcast or whether you're a seasoned podcaster, Dave has lots of relevant advice for you. That said, our conversation covered many insights for all of us in our communications, whether you're in front of a microphone, maybe you're on stage, you're in a meeting, or wherever. So now, as promised, I'm going to briefly summarize with three main points for podcasters in particular, and then three main communication insights for all of us. Okay, first, for podcasters. Point number one. Do you remember when Dave told us about recently listening to his very first podcast episode? And the first thing he said in that episode was, Hey, everybody. Now, 16 years later, as a podcast coach, he points out that you're not talking to everybody. You're talking to just one person. Chances are there's nobody else in that car. And we all appreciate the one-on-one intimacy of podcasts. So podcasters should avoid saying everybody and all you listeners and start saying you. Got it? The second piece of advice for podcasters is about the length of our episodes. How many minutes should they be? This is a very common question that podcasters ask. And I've heard Dave talking about this on the School of Podcasting many times. I completely agree with him. We need to edit our podcast down to be as short as possible. We want to keep people begging for more, not wishing it would be over. So generally, shorter is better. Dave quoted Valerie Geller, who said, there's no such thing as too long, only too boring. So if you're wondering whether you should cut something, cut it. The third and last point specifically for podcasters is about serving your audience, being obsessed with your listener, knowing everything about them and knowing everything about the topic and the questions that they have about the topic. It's not about you. It's about the listener. And as for inside jokes, unless you have a lot of insiders, that's maybe not a good idea. So there you go. Three key insights for podcasters. One, Stop talking to everybody and start talking to that one important listener. Two, when it comes to the length of your podcast, there's no general guideline, but shorter is probably better. And three, it's about serving your audience, being obsessed with understanding who they are and what they care about. This third point is actually an important communication strategy for all of us in many contexts, isn't it? It's called being empathetic. Okay, now three general communication insights that apply to all of us. The first point is that people don't get on a bus unless they know where it's going. I love that metaphor. Whether you're introducing a new podcast episode or giving an important speech or you're starting a meeting, whatever the context, start by telling your audience why they're there. Okay, now three communication insights that apply to all of us in all contexts. The first point is that people don't get on a bus unless they know where it's going. I love that metaphor. Whether you're introducing a new podcast episode, or maybe you're starting a meeting, or maybe you're giving a big speech, whatever the context, 
Start by telling your audience why they're there. Start with the punchline. As Dave so eloquently said, what you're really asking for is their most prized possession, and that's their time. I love that. The second communication insight for all of us relates to confidence. Dave absolutely agrees that confidence is a superpower, and we all suffer from imposter syndrome. I love his point where he said, there's no pill we can take for confidence except practicing. I agree, but I would add there are some tactics we can use to improve our confidence. For example, reminding yourself that you don't have to be the world's greatest expert. You just have to know more than your audience. That's true. There's also the tactic of acting confident to convince not just others, but also yourself that you're confident. And of course, perhaps most importantly, there's using tactics like adopting a mantra or emulating someone else's confidence. In Dave's case, that someone else is David Lee Roth. And the mantra? It's showtime. I cover these tactics and more in the Talk About Talk Confidence episode number 58, and I'll leave a link for that episode in the show notes. Okay, the third and last communication insight, storytelling. Dave said that with storytelling, you can share a little bit about yourself and let others get to know you. And then your audience advances from knowing to liking to trusting you. Whether you're a podcaster or not, to know you, to like you better, and to trust you more, that's really important. And storytelling can help you get there. So those are the three communication insights for all of us. One, tell people where you're taking them so they can decide whether they want to get on the bus. Two, boost your confidence through practice, perspective, and mantras. And three, use storytelling to encourage others to get to know you, to like you, and to trust you. Again, you can find a summary of these communication insights, as well as references and links to all the episodes we mentioned, the transcript, and more, all on the talkabouttalk.com website. I just want to end by saying, hey, thank you so much for listening. You're still here. So thank you so much. So if you're listening on a phone right now, chances are there's a share button somewhere on that phone. So can you find that share button? And if there's someone who would appreciate this, could you please do me a favor and share this episode with that one person? Do you see what I did there? Okay, seriously, I would love it if you'd share this episode with someone. Or maybe sign up for the communication skills newsletter on the talkabouttalk.com website. Or maybe both. Anyway, thanks Dave, and thanks to you for listening. And talk soon!